This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. It's, a, I guess, the, a preview or the first installment of a new series that I'm going to be releasing on a weekly basis. And I'm super excited about it, and I hope that you enjoy what I have in store for you. Um, it's a little bit of a twist on the existing podcast that I've been recording for almost five years now. Actually, it might be more than five years now. When I started podcasting, all I wanted to do was talk about coaching with other coaches because I felt like that is a niche that wasn't being served. And then the podcast started to slowly grow and my network that I was reaching out to started to extend beyond just coaches and it continued to grow and grow and grow. And now the podcast has become something I never imagined it becoming where we talk about all kinds of different issues in American soccer and global soccer as well. And I'm super proud of what the 343 podcast has become. I have no intentions on stopping it or changing uh, the existing format that that goes out twice weekly. But every now and then I feel like I leave coaches wanting more. And I know that there are coaches out there like me that want to hear more discussions about actual coaching and philosophy and methodology and the X's and O's. And I know that there is, there's still that niche that is not being served. So I am going to do something about it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start releasing these, uh, these shorter episodes once per week for right now. We'll see where it goes in the future. I, I don't know. There's really no plan at this point. Um, but I, I, I recently sent out a tweet asking how many coaches would be down to record a 10 minute interview with me. And I announced that the interviews would have two separate parts. So the first part would be two minutes uninterrupted to talk about your coaching philosophy, your methodology, your ideas about coaching. And the second part would be about 10 minutes of discussion or debate with me about what you decided to talk about in that two minutes. And little, little did I know uh, that hundreds of coaches would, would respond to that tweet. And uh, I instantly noticed that there is again, this, uh, this desire, this fire for this type of, of content. So what you are about to hear is the first installment of this new series of interviews that I've been conducting that are focused specifically on coaching. The coach in this first episode is named John Burklow. I've actually interviewed John before. It was like four or five years ago. And his, uh, his original episode is no longer available, uh, on, on in public, but, um, I got lost in the transition between, uh, between servers uh, a few years ago and I made this switch to making this the official three, four, three podcast. Um, but, uh, him and I have, have been in contact for, for many, many years. And he recently made a move back to Texas where he is from to continue his coaching career, but he has been fully immersed in the game and for, for quite, quite a while, which is really fun to, uh, to talk to somebody about soccer and coaching when they have this much experience like John has. Um, I'm super excited to share this episode with you. I'm going to cut this uh, uh, introduction kind of short now because that's just the nature of what I want this podcast to be like. So uh, 
I, I need to mention that none of this would be possible without the support provided by the 343 members. So if you are a 343 member, thank you, thank you so much because this is what enables us to continue to offer free content like this and and to reach out to more people and to just extend or expand our network of, of coaches and bring more like-minded people into the conversation. So if you are a 343 member, thank you so much. And if you are not a 343 member and you're interested, or if you have no idea what it is, you can go to 343coaching.com to find out more about it. But uh, that is what enables me to do what I do and to share these conversations with you. So I'm super excited about that. Um, all right, that's it. Let's uh, let's just get into this first installment of the new podcast series that I haven't figured out a name for yet. Maybe I will figure out a new name for it in the future. Maybe I won't. I don't know. It's all up in the air at this point. But enjoy this quick conversation with John Burklow. All right, cool. So here we are with uh, John Burklow, and he is going to take the first two uninterrupted minutes of this new podcast series to talk about his coaching philosophy and his ideas about soccer. So, John, go ahead, take it two minutes. All right, well, I'll waste a little bit of time that that I I believe most people, when they talk about philosophy or style of play, uh, don't have it correct in terms of they, they remove what the intention of the game is. So philosophy is a way of thinking. Uh, a way of thinking has to be based on what's objectively true. So when you look at soccer, what's objectively true about soccer? Uh, when you're in possession, you have 11 players because your goalkeeper plays with you. Um, the other team does not have 11 players. At least I haven't seen the other team defend this way where the goalkeeper doesn't mark any player. He deals with the goal. He's not marking your center forward. So the game is 11 versus 10 plus the goalkeeper. So that inherently means that you have a free player. So when you're with the ball, the game becomes about how do I manipulate the opponent so that I can move the free player higher up the field to where eventually the free player is arriving on goal to score. Conversely, when you're defending, that means essentially I'm, I'm defending with one less player than the team's attacking with. So defending becomes about how do I dictate where the ball can go so that when I want to press the ball, the free player for the other team is as far away from the ball as possible. So that gives me the best chance of at least playing in an area where we can be compact and we're at least even numbered, uh, if not up a man. So in a general sense, that's, that's how I, that's how I frame the game, um, in my head. Uh, and then now there's some subjective pieces that go as far as, all right, how do I move the free man high up the field? And that'll be subjectively based on the team that I have. Uh, and then defensively, same thing. Where I want the ball to go to defend will be based on the, the team that I have and, and the tools that I have within that group. All right. With three seconds to spare. That was pretty rad. Um, and you talked about something that, that uh, I... I don't know if I've ever thought about it this way. And this is, so this is super interesting to me. Um, you, you mentioned that when you're attacking, when you have the ball, you're essentially playing 11 versus 10 because the goalkeeper can't mark. And, um, yeah. So, so I guess what, what my thought was, 
was how can you start to utilize your goalkeeper as another weapon in your attacking phase? Because a lot of times in, in soccer, I feel like the goalkeeper just kind of gets left to the side or left, uh, you know, left inside the penalty area. So you're, you're what, what it sounds like is you're saying like, Hey, like use this person as a, as a, as a tool or as a weapon in your attacking phase. So that way you have an advantage. Uh, is, am I interpreting that correctly or, or, um, is there yeah, another I mean, angle you're going I, at? Yeah. I mean, so if I don't use my goalkeeper, then I'm playing 10 versus 10. So I have to use my goalkeeper to take advantage of the fact that I can play 11 versus 10. So now it's about, so building out of the back is, is less about whether I play short or play long. It's about provoking the opponents into an area that I want them to come to so I can create a free man in a different part of the field. And sometimes that is I play back to my goalkeeper because I want to provoke the forward to press my goalkeeper. Because if the forward presses my goalkeeper, that means one of my center backs must be free. So now I can play to my center back. He can step into midfield. And if the other team, if I'm playing three in the midfield and the other team's playing in the three in the midfield and my center back steps into midfield on the dribble, now it's four versus three, which means someone has to leave their man to defend the center back. And if he leaves their man, that means there's a new free play. If he doesn't leave their man, then my center back just keeps going up the field with the ball. So it's, it's about manipulating the opponent. So it's about provoking the opponent into a press because that'll create a free man in a new part of the field. At, at what point of your coaching career did you realize that, that you had this advantage when, when your team has possession of the ball? Was this something that you realized from day one? Was it five years in, 10 years in? When, when did you start yeah, to utilize so this? Only, yeah, so I mean, I, I'd say it, it was in the last four years that like I framed it this way in my head, and that was largely uh, due to the, when I was in St. Louis. We had a partnership with Feyenoord. Uh, Melvin Bull, who's currently the U-17 Academy coach at Feyenoord, was was kind of our, our main mentor in that program. And he's the first one that said it to me that way. Um, I've always thought of the game in terms of 2v1 and looking to create a 2v1. And this just created a very simple, hey, here's a very simple statement that I'm going to base everything on. And it, it, for me, it really simplifies the game, both for the coach and for the player. Now that's interesting that you say this about four years ago because about four years ago is when you and I actually recorded our first conversation. So we we've recorded a yeah. podcast. You were one of my uh, one of my original interviews, which I, uh, I I mentioned the other night in a text message that I found it um, recently. Yeah. And I yeah. need to go back and maybe take a sound clip from that for for this episode. Um, what um what were some of the things that that you thought were true four years ago that you that you don't think are true now, or what have you refined? since since then it's been less at the level of philosophy and game model uh and more at the level of methodology so okay the, the game model how you see the game will dictate how you train um so that's been the major change and so whereas before i was i was much more system based these are the patterns of play that we're going to use in this system um which, which, quite frankly, is a, is a bit robotic, and, and and in some ways, it provides structure, but too much structure for the player. Uh, whereas now, the way this is structured in my head now, this is about the player being observant enough, uh, particularly at the younger ages. You know, if I'm with a professional team, it's different. I'm going to structure the team to create a free man in a specific place. 
because I have enough information about the opponent and how they defend and where I want to move them. At the younger ages where you have one, you have less information potentially about the opponent, and it's more about the player recognizing moments and situations. So now it's less structured in that, you know, it, it's, it's can I, hey, this is the framework we're going to use, but you guys find the free player, you guys create the free player. Um, just here's here's the framework we're going to use. Is you have a free player, how are you going to move that free player higher? So training becomes much more about observing what the players know um, rather than, hey, this is what I know, do this. So it's, and this has been a, this has been a process, and, I'm, and it's, it's less about what I know because what I know is irrelevant. It's what the players know. Um, so can I get the players' ability to take in information and process information at a higher level? Um, and for that to happen, there has to be a level of me letting them experience what occurs and then, and then jumping in if, if, if they don't have the capability to evaluate what they saw. I've always kind of looked at patterns as framework. And then like if you give players a pattern, for example, they can kind of take that, uh, they, they can kind of arm themselves with maybe a, an idea of what it's ideally supposed to look like. And then from there, they're able to decipher, okay, is it on? No. What can I do next? What, what would be, yeah. we're trying to create yeah. this and then we get, we got that. So now we need to exploit that. That's always been yeah, my, so my general idea of framework, but it sounds like you might have something different. It's, it's kind of the same thing. Like this whole idea of guided discovery or players figuring out on their own, there's a level of expertise the player has to have to be able to do that. If they don't have a certain threshold, they, they don't have the, the bandwidth to come up with a, a solution on their own. So the, the structure or the framework that I'm trying to provide for decision-making is you know, so, so for here's, here's an example. If we play four, three, three versus a four, three, three, naturally in my first line, my, in my defensive line, I have a plus one, it's four versus their three in the midfield. It's, it's zero, it's three versus three in uh, my front three. It's negative one. So the framework I provide is, Hey, we have a plus one in our first line, find that player, let him step into midfield. Okay, now we have a four versus three. Okay, can you find the next free player? Now we get against the last line, and now it's at least 1v1. And 1v1 against the last line, I, I'll take all day long. 1v1 against the last line, I think any coach would take that. So the framework is is understanding how we manipulate the opponent so that we have access to the free player, and the free player can step in or create another free player. And another example, if we're playing a four-diamond two, versus a 4-3-3, well, I already have a plus one in midfield. So that takes the priority over the plus one in my back line because, of course, I'd take the, the higher free man. So now there's a framework again. No, I find the higher free man. If my forward makes a run in behind the back line and is free, that would take the priority because he's the closest to the goal. So it's creating a framework in terms of how they make decisions less than it is play the six, bounce to the other center back, play forward to the nine, bounce into the 10. So it's less than it's less a framework of where the ball should move and more a framework of how do we position ourselves 
And then from there, you just find who the free man is because the free man is going to be different based on how the opponent presses. Oh, 100%. Um, all right. We're already out of time. That was super fast. <laughs> uh, where uh, where can people find you and, and connect with you on either social media or I, I don't know. Do you still update your update your blog? I, yeah, I haven't done anything with my blog in probably five years. Uh, I'm would, on social would, media. Would you be embarrassed if people went back and looked at it now? In some ways, yeah, it's, it's my thoughts are different for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's my, my thoughts are different. I would go back. I mean, I, I'm, I think in general, there's, there's a red line that goes through everything that hasn't changed. Um, there's just additions and evolutions and, and, and quite frankly, a, a, a more clarity on, on what I was talking about before. I mean, I look back and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I was talking about before. Um, <laughs> but there is, there is consistency. There's consistency through the whole thing in terms of in general, how I view the game. And it's just, you know, I, there's, there's more clarity now. There's more depth of knowledge now than, than what I had four or five years ago. And, and it's very cool to be able to have those documents actually to look back on that yeah. and, and see like, yeah, Oh no, shoot. I, like, uh, cool. I was onto something. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I, I got a notification today in my email that somebody wrote a comment on the blog. Nice. Uh, so I went back and actually, I was like, Oh, what was that article? Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, so every once in a while it's good to go back. And, and again, I think it's, you know, this is, this is my big thing is you don't know what you don't know. So that there's always something I don't know. So I should always be searching. I should always be looking, you know, cause four or five years ago, I, I didn't know what I know now, you know? And, and so like the, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant process of learning more. I think I talked over you when you when you were um, dishing out your social media and your and your blog. So maybe yeah. one more time. Uh, at soccer purist is my Twitter handle. Uh, I think my blog was soccerpurist.blogspot.com. If anybody wants to laugh at me from four or five years ago, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm semi active on Twitter. I'm semi active on Twitter, so so if I do a lot more retweeting than I do than I do actually commenting myself these days. But uh, feel free to interact. All right, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you being the uh, the guinea pig. Um, we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when it goes out, and and that way you can, I'll, I'll tweet it, and then you can do what you just said. You can just retweet it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds great. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people enjoy it, and I, I found it at least somewhat, somewhat understandable. So no, all good, man. All good, and then yeah. uh, and best of luck on the move, and and tell the family hello, and and hopefully you guys get all settled back in there in Texas, and. And things just keep moving forward for you, man. I'm 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 really really proud that that you've that you've put your head down and just done the work t- to uh, to keep making soccer, um, you know what what it is or what it needs to be for you to be to be happy. Because a lot of people I think would give up, myself included. So, but you've you've just you've done the work, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a long road, and you know, and it's uh it's exciting to look back on, you know, I'd love to go back and listen to our podcast from four years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I enjoy it. And yep. that's what it comes down to. I enjoy it, man. So, so hopefully, you know, others are doing the same thing, you know, cause it, it's slowly, it's slowly getting better here, man. Um, despite the roadblocks that exist, it's slowly getting better here. So. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, I will, uh, I'll catch up with you soon. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Later. Uh, 
All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.